Good evening, and welcome to Redskins Perspective, sponsored by the Sideline Junkies. You know what, B? You go ahead. You, you do the intros because I'm still I'm still sitting here with a bad taste in my mouth. You still simmering a little bit, man. Man, that's an understatement. Uh, if anybody follows me on Twitter, Mister Hard to Handle eighty one. Um, I I did a lot more tweeting and not just retweeting, but I did a lot more actual tweeting than I normally do last night. Uh. As, as everyone already knows, Redskins fall to the Chicago Bears, 31 to 15. Uh, very unprepared, flat. Um, I wish I had a thesaurus next to me so I could just really just reel off words. Hi, right, Stephen. Eh? But yeah, it's, it's it, it was it was not a not a good look. Uh, as a Redskins fan, I was embarrassed. Uh, I say it every time we lose at home bad. They walked into our house, sat down at our dinner table, ate our dinner, burped in our face, got up, left, and smacked our wife on the behind as she walked out. If that's not disrespect, I don't know what is. Well, like KG say, you're listening to Redskins Perspective, brought to you by the Sideline Junkies podcast. We're not affiliated with the Washington Redskins at all, just our opinion. And uh, we're going to try to dissect the loss to the Bears on Monday Night Football. Um, a bad one. Uh, I'm BJ, by the way. And if you if you didn't hear it, he's KG. Um, I don't even really know where to start with this. Um, uh, you, you know, let, I'll tell you where to start. But, In their last 20 games, they are 2-18. and 18. On Monday Night Football, in their last ten games, period, they're one and nine. Yeah, you know what, man? In the in the mid two thousands, late two thousands, when you know, well, I'm, well, not even that. Early two thousands was Jeff George, right? But yeah, when, but when they 2000s. when they when they when they made their salary cap Madden team, the Bruce Smith team, the Deion Sand, the the Jason uh, Jason Taylor. And you know they stunk stick up Monday night back then. So well, no, well, no, no. Jason Taylor wasn't a part of it. That was a uh, Bruce Smith, Deion Sanders, uh, Mark Carrier. You know that was the Fortune 500 Redskins. That was <laughs> when Dennis Miller told uh, the whole nation. Jeff George throws a pretty interception. I I, I got to figure out who I'm thinking about because it's not Jason Taylor. I, I'm thinking about somebody, and a face popped in my head. It was Jason Taylor, but. Yeah, you're right. Those are the Fortune 500 skins, but 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 since we're talking about since then, them stinking it up on Monday night. So I don't understand why they keep putting them on Monday night football. I mean, because they, you, you know it's a requirement. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's a lot of things that are a requirement that you know. I, I wish they would have a couple of games in their pocket they could flex, and they could have moved this this game back to Sunday. <laughs> You know, or something. But anyway, let's get back to the game. Um, it's nothing we're going to talk about tonight that we already haven't spoke on that now n- the national media is speaking on, that stuff we've already This is a horribly coached team. And after last night, just watching the offense and the defense work, I can I can say with confidence we're talking probably – one of the – they're right there with the Dolphins as far as just embarrassment, bad play, bad coaching. So we're talking about the bottom three teams of the league. That's where the Washington Redskins stand right now. So you sit back and you look at this team, and it's not because of talent. The team has the talent. team has, you know – an emerging number one receiver in Terry McLaurin, Scary Terry, okay, uh, six catches, 70 yards, a touchdown out of eight targets. So, you know, you have pieces here. Defense, I think when we when we look at the defense, it's just it's a couple of pieces that are out of order. 
24 to be a number one of them. Either they're going to have to figure out 24 as a nickel corner, limited situations, or they're going to try to have to move him to free safety because at cornerback, number 24 is not getting it done. And I think one of the, the one of the plays that stand out to me, it's a couple of them, but one of the is always a 24 play that stands out to me. And I think <laughs> and I think the play that stands out to me, it just tells you the state of the franchise. Not even a game. I'm not even talking about just the game. I want you to paint a bigger picture of the state of the franchise. And when I say Jay Gruden isn't a head coach material. And and Look, I'm BJ, I'm Brian, you know, we run Sideline Junkies podcast. I'm not Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A. Smith just said the same thing. This man is a coordinator at best. At best, this man is a coordinator. I keep saying this. When you have to go from running just your offense, having a certain amount of people report to you to leading the whole group, that's when you start making and breaking people. You start figuring out who's going to fight for who. If you have the, the the moxie to to handle certain egos, I don't know if you were paying attention. They have a clip of the coach for the Bears, Nagy, telling um, Trubisky to shut the f up in his face. Trubisky was talking. They would look like they were going over a play, and, and Nagy looked that up and and yelled that right in his face mask. Okay, but back to twenty four. Let me tell you where. This is so important. On the Taylor Gabriel touchdown where he was burned on, Taylor Gabriel made a hell of a catch to get two feet inbounds. Josh Norman thought it was an incomplete pass. He started giving the no-fly zone signal. No-fly zone, like, like he was responsible for the incompletion. He, like he had perfect coverage on the guy, which could be further from the case. He was burnt. He made Tyler Gabriel, and I, I and I'm not, and I'm saying I'm not saying Gabriel's not a good receiver, but anybody that plays Josh Norman over the last three weeks looks like San Francisco Jerry Rice. This man made a, a acrobatic catch, got two feet in bounds. As soon as you saw the replay, you knew it was a touchdown. I'm a up giving the no zone signal, like he's the best corner in the league. I see that. I don't really blame 24. As bad as 24 is, I don't blame 24. I blame this organization for setting the bar so low. Because you do that on the Patriots. You do that on the Saints. You're probably going to go sit down for a little bit. If you're not going to go sit down, Somebody's going to wait for you coming off the, off, off the field to let you know about yourself. Okay? 24 had another play. And we haven't even gotten to the nuances of the game. I'm trying to break down why this organization is bad. We're not even talking about the 53 that make the field. Because it's, right now, it's bigger than the 53. This is way bigger than the 53. This is... A, this is this is, I want to say it's a snowball going downhill, getting bigger, but it's bigger than that. 24 had another play where he picked off a terrible Trubisky pass. Trubisky had his receiver if he had put the ball, put some air underneath the ball, okay? Josh Norman, they, they locked eyes. He, Trubisky looked over to the right and stayed to the right. If he had pulled a little air underneath the ball, Norman wouldn't be able to get to it. But Norman got the pick, and as soon as he hit the ground, he's immediately celebrating. And, and, and the score escapes me. I want to say they were down. I, I don't know what the score was at that point, KG. But, of course, they were down. And he's celebrating. And if he gets tackled, He's celebrating, and if he gets tackled a certain way once he gets up, it's a safety. He's able to get back out of the end zone. I think he got to the one or two-yard line. But those two plays stand out at me because this is – that's not coaching. 
that's hmm, how do I say this? That's an organization that's letting the inmates run the, the, the prison. That's what that is. Those two plays tell me everything I need to know about the Washington Redskins. And we talked on Sunday. You know, we get to talk, and me and KG get to talk, and we turn the NFL show into a Redskins perspective all the time. We talked about, and I said, I felt like the owner, Dan Snyder, is not sitting there trying to lose. I just think they don't know how to win. I'm, I, I can't I can't let it, don't get me wrong. It's owners like that. It's owners like that. NBA, NHL, you name it, any league that will sit and as long as that revenue check coming in, they're good. They're good with every 10 years they, they, them tripping over a roster that makes the playoffs. Getting the hype good and you know, the Orioles do that right now. Orioles are horrible. 14, they were, 2014, they were in the playoffs. Mid-90s Clippers. Mid-90s Clippers. And, and, and you go back and look at the clips from, I, I believe it was 2014, the Orioles made the playoffs. Nothing but orange and black in the stadium. Mm-hmm. Cam, Camden Yards packed to the brim. Okay? This problem is just it's bigger than Jay Gruden. And 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 I, I, I sat and thought and KG's about to get in here and blow up. That's why I'm trying to get mines in. Step to the side. I'm gonna walk away from the phone because the phone starts smoking and sizzling. I just want to make sure I can get to an exit. Okay. But you you fire Jay Gruden. Your only option for me is O'Connell. Because nobody wants this job. The reports that if you fire Manuski, Tom uh Tom Sula is gonna go to buy. that if if we're talking about you being able to make threats and demands on a on a bottom of the pack on three team, you got another problem. I don't. I, I could care less who Minuski is going to take with him when he get, he leaves. But here's the thing: if you're going to hold on to Jay Gruden, you have to fire Minuski. You have to because you put some money into that defense with Landon Collins, and it's underperforming gravely. Okay, people calling for Dwayne Haskins to start. And I, I, I'm not saying he's not ready. I'm, that's not all what I'm saying. I'm saying if you put this kid in here with the regime that's here now, you might damage him. You might damage your product, i.e. Jason Campbell. Jason Campbell went through coordinator after coordinator. The writing's on the wall. This, Jay Gruden's, this, it's just a matter of time. So do you want him to start now with Jay Gruden? And he could give you a spark. He could lift the team spirits up. He could. Because as bad as they've been, Case Keenum, besides last night, has been decent. Terry McLaurin set a record for a rookie receiver in the first three games. Just imagine if we had a competent coach. And I'm not going to say competent coach because I think that's unfair to Jay Gruden. Just imagine if we had a coach, a, a top 15 coach, and not a bottom 20. That would design plays especially for Scary Terry. And I haven't seen that yet. I haven't seen plays because you're talking about size, speed, and he looks like he's he's very, very, very intelligent as far as football. Because it was a couple of times he sat in his zone waiting for the ball. I haven't seen plays designed just for him. And you know, I'm not I'm not calling no plays. I just I'm I'm going off of what I see. I'm trying to get Scary Terry the ball any way I can. Because if you pay attention to Chicago last night. They did it for their receivers. They were ready for the Redskins. 
they knew what the Redskins couldn't do, and they, they and they made Mitchell Trubisky look like Joe Montana. You talking about a struggling Bears offense coming here? Trubisky throw for three touchdowns. So deeper problems. There are deeper problems than Jay Gruden, and to an extent. If you fire Jay, who's going to take over but the offensive coordinator? And like I keep saying, Jay Gruden was a, a participation trophy because you couldn't get the coaches in here you wanted to get in here. So, you know, who are you going to bring in here? Some college coach? And I'm not saying, you know, it would be a bad idea. But I'm just at this point, who are you going to bring in here to take over the reins of the Washington Redskins. But the thing is, even if you bring another coach in here, upper management is still an issue. KG, I'm going to let you vent. We'll get back in here and we'll dissect some, some other points of the games that both of us saw that, that weren't good. Fire away, man. Well, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and start at the top. Um, one thing that I said last night, that at halftime, Daniel Snyder has probably left the box, gone downstairs to tell Jay Gruden, you know, hey, once this clock hits triple zeros at the end of the fourth, you're fired. But it didn't happen. I called for his firing at midnight. You know, by, by midnight, it didn't happen. I called for Bruce Allen's firing. Because you put together this, and this team is talented. I'll give you that. But I won't even say that, you know, oh, I'm not going to say he's an incompetent coach. Obviously, he is incompetent. If you can't take this group of men and you got everything you need to make a beautiful spaghetti dinner, you got the meat, the sauces, and you can make all this stuff homemade because we, we did it with draft picks. But you got these things. And, you know, you got the fresh garlic bread and you got French bread. You got everything you need. But you're trying to make daggone uh, uh, filet mignon. You don't have the ingredients to do that. So that's why I feel the way I feel about Jay Gruden. I feel the way that I feel about Bruce Allen. Everybody feels that way. Greg Minuski, I, I, I feel like a fool because I said, you know what? Let's give Greg a chance because can't nobody be worse than Joe Barry. Can't nobody be worse than Joe Barry. Guess what? Greg Minuski, former Redskin, you made me look like a damn fool. Thank you. And to your point, BJ, if Greg Minuski leaves and Tom Sula leaves, bye. I'll have Rob Ryan coach today on defense. I'm fine. Kevin O'Connell was supposed to be this boy genius this season. I swear I hope he's calling the plays, but it doesn't even look like he's calling the plays. This is like this is straight Jay Groot. So if that's the case, Kevin O'Connell's supposed to be the heir apparent anyway. But you can't even get this right. As far as players go, Case didn't play. Case Keenum hasn't played bad until last night. He played not very well. I'm not going to say it was bad, but it wasn't very well. All y'all fans and and even non-fans, y'all should start Dwayne Haskins. Because of what Daniel Jones did. I had somebody tell me that Daniel Jones was a better draft pick and the Redskins should have jumped up to get him in the draft at number six. But if I'm not mistaken, didn't everybody boo that pick when they picked Daniel Jones? Even the New York fans, the New York media was like, who is this guy? Then I was told that Daniel Jones is a more accurate quarterback than Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins completion percentage 70.9 in college. Daniel Jones 59.9. I think 70s higher than 59. Let's stop reaching for straws, people. Dwayne Haskins start right now. This is a CF. And if you listen to our Sunday rise, you know what a cluster F is. You don't put your Ferrari on a DC street that's being repaved with potholes. It's not going to change. The offense can move. Play calling is trashy. 
But the offense can move. Putting Dwayne in, oh, it's going to give us a spark. Don't give me that spark, boo. Don't give me that. You're putting your Ferrari behind a daggone line. That's not even 100%. Morgan Moses had a, a, a Khalil Mack block last night. He let up. Chase rolls out the pocket. Morgan Moses is walking. Khalil Mack started his engine right back up. And Chase, Chase came him down because Morgan Moses gave up on the play. You got Eric Flowers at guard. He's playing pretty well. Fine. You got uh, 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 Donald Penn at the other tackle. Older. Can't really move like he should. I mean, but he's an older player. He's been in the league for a while. And they were abusing the hell out of him. I seen him have to pick himself up an awful lot. When Brandon Sheriff went down last night, I held my breath because we can't afford to lose him. He's our best offensive lineman right now. Adrian Peterson not getting any damn carries. That He had 11 carries at one time. And I understand that they were a brick wall and it wasn't working. But why do you keep trying to slam him up the middle? Give him some stretch plays. Let him get to the outside. Try something different. Jay Gruden's offense is so goddamn vanilla, it's a shame. He runs out of one set. You know the run's coming, so they're going to stack the the box. They're going to stack it. Even I can see that. This team... This organization, some of these fans, you're freaking delusional. If you think Dwayne Haskins is going to come in and we're going to win 13 straight games, you are severely mistaken. If you think he's going to come in and win eight, you are severely mistaken. You still have to realize you have to play the beast of the East. You got Dallas again. You got Philly again. It's a toss-up between the Giants because you don't know what Giants nah. team you're getting. No, nah, I don't. I, I, I got to disagree with you there. I think even the Giants are just a better coach team. I'll give you that. But you don't know what Giant team you're getting. You don't know if you're going to get – and everybody's going crazy over Daniel Jones. Oh, this should put the pressure on the Redskins to start uh, Dwayne Haskins. Are you crazy? What works for them? May not work here. Now, you go ahead and you throw Dwayne Hassis out there. When he go out there, he may not throw three interceptions. But he, what if the offense is stagnant and it doesn't move? And they barely put up 150 yards of offense. Oh, he's a bust. Then you on his back. Like, yeah, people were saying about Montez Sweat. He's a bust. I seen Montez Sweat getting after Trubisky last night. I seen him in a run game, stopping stuff in the backfield. But he's a bust, though. After three games, he's a bust. I need people to get your head out of your behind. Look at the game. Stop going off of your Madden stuff and seeing the progression on Madden. It's not going to happen like that. This is not a video game. This is real life. As a Redskin fan, I'm disgusted at some of these people, the things that they say. Even non-Redskin fans, I'm disgusted at what they say. Because you're saying, oh, just start Dwayne Haskins. So you want another Jason Campbell, even though Campbell had four coordinators in five years. But if I tell you Jason Campbell's best season, his best professional season came under Jim Zorn, nobody wants to hear it. You want another RG3, a quarterback that was given too much too soon. Yes, it was success, but he took too much too soon at one time, and it ruined him. He's never been the same since 2012. Whether it's a confidence issue or what have you, he's never been the same. So you're willing to put everything on Dwayne Haskins, put it all on his back. He's going to turn the season around. You know how much pressure that is? Stop it. I had a guy on Twitter say, well, Dwayne ain't no punk. He can handle it. How do you know? I'm not saying Dwayne has is a punk. But how do you know he can handle it? You're not that man. You don't know nothing about his intestinal fortitude. 
You don't know what he's able to handle. You don't even know if they're giving him all of the playbook. Number two, it's another picture which will be on our Facebook page because I, re- I mean, on our Twitter page because I retweeted in a few of Kevin O'Connell going over a play with Case Keenum and Dwayne Haskins looking off in the other direction like, I don't want to hit this. As a young quarterback, when you're not the starter, the starter comes to the sideline, he's sitting there with the offensive coordinator, the offensive coordinator sits down in between both of you. You need to be picking up what he's putting down. Not looking off at the scoreboard or whatever have you. Trying to see what the cheerleaders doing, seeing what the chicken in the first row eating. You know, none of that. It should be all about learning. I said it at the first, at the, at the beginning of the year. Once we got Dwayne Hansen, oh, he should start. No, let him carry a clipboard for a year. Maybe even two. Aaron Rodgers was the heir apparent. He was ready to start his rookie year because they thought Brett Favre was going to leave. He sat behind Brett Favre for how long? And look at him now. Aaron Rodgers is one of the best quarterbacks. I'll say, dare I say, top five in the league. Might be, might be top three, bro. Hey, um, I was being generous. But he sat and he learned. You have to learn the game. Yeah, you can make it off of pure talent, but look what pure talent got us the last time. RG3 was purely talented, but he did not learn the game. But also with RG3 had a Hall of Fame coach here. He had somebody here that could take and make your spaghetti dinner with scraps. He had somebody here that yeah, you know we was going to run RPO, but we're going to do it, and we're going to mix other things in. You had somebody here that could make adjustments. Guess you what? had somebody that that was a leader of men. Guess what? We don't have that. We don't have that type of chef in the kitchen. And a lot of people say, you know, it was like, fire Shanahan, fire Shanahan, fire Shanahan. Okay, Shanahan's gone. Now you got Jay Groot. You fire Jay Gruden, the question is, who you got to hire somebody in-house. Who can you hire? Nobody wants to come here. It's a dumpster fire. For all the older fans, and I know it's, it's a lot of older Redskins fans that are really hurting right now watching this team play like this because they know of the time. They, they know of the time when the Redskins were pure garbage in the 60s. When Lombardi came in 69 and kind of turned things around. And then when Allen came, everything started to roll a little bit. Stumbled, then Gibbs came. And we were, playoffs was like the least expected thing. You know, you wanted a deep run in the playoffs. And we got it. In the 80s, well, I'll say from the time the the, the Gibbs' first tenure, you got three Super Bowl titles out of four Super Bowl trips, NFC Championship games, playoff runs. These things happen. Every year you had a shot. We don't have that anymore. We haven't been, we haven't made the playoffs back to back. Jeez. When's the last time we made playoffs back-to-back? Was it under Gibbs 2.0? I have to to look that up. Yeah, yeah. That was the last time we made the playoffs back-to-back. We didn't do it under Shanahan. We haven't done it under Gruden. Gruden's only made the playoffs once, and that was 2015. Then you get in the playoffs and you make no noise. You're silent. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of everybody thinking that a young quarterback who's only played, who's only started 14 games in his college career can carry a whole entire professional team. Is he good? Go ahead. I mean, 2005, it wasn't even back to back with Gibbs 2.0. It was 2005 and 2007. 
both uh, the 2005 playoffs, beat Buccaneers in the first round of wild card, lost to Seattle. Then 2007, lost to Seattle. Mm-hmm. Because 2005 was the year that uh, Sean Taylor spitting um, Michael Pittman's face and got suspended for the Seattle game. Mm-hmm. And then uh, 2007 was uh, the year of his death. And the team was just they, – they, they were hurt. They were exhausted because they won – what did they win? Five straight to get in the playoffs that year? Mm-hmm. So, But it, it all came down to – 86, 87 was your last. I'm sorry, 91, 92, back-to-back years. Wow. 27 years. Yeah, because 90, 91 was 14 and 2. 92 was 9 and 7. And we lost to San Francisco in 92. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and I, and I'm, I'm, I'm pulling that off the top of my head because I remember that. I really do. But I've, I've, I've been it. I just I can't I, I've got people that have no love for this team want to see us fail especially cowboy fans um, even though the ones that are smart know it's you know a, a CF here but they know everybody knows it's a problem with the defense the defense can't stop anybody we can't get any pressure now Jonathan Allen said you know if you're not going to ride with us you know don't but keep that same energy when we turn it around. I need you to turn it around next week against the Giants. The Giants will be your slump buster. And now, granted, remember in 2001, Marty Schottenheimer's first year, we went 0-5, then won five straight because everything started clicking. But Marty let up. He was so strict. He let up just a little bit and gave them freedom. And that's when things started clicking. Jay Gruden needs to do the opposite. He needs to tighten up. And take away some of the freedom. Uh, I, I, but at this point, he's let the ship go for so long. It's like him tightening up or being a rowboat trying to catch the ship. It's just, it, it can't, at this point, it's not going to happen. I'll agree with that. Oh, man. Uh, you want to take a break and come back and. Give, give give it ten minutes and uh, just breaking down last night. Yeah, absolutely. Let's go ahead and take our break. We got our our sponsor rolling in here, Anchor FM. Uh, definitely check out the uh, sponsorship by yours truly. Hope you enjoy it. All you got to do is keep listening, and we'll be back with segment number two, Redskins perspective. Wow. Now, that was the first time I heard that, A. Hey, you did a damn good job there, brother. Hey, man, let me tell you something. When we first started podcasting with Anchor and they had the option up there for us to record the ads for, you know, sponsorship and stuff. And I remember the first ad we had. And I don't want, I want to say I had to record that 70 times. 70 times before... I, I finally got one that I was comfortable with, that I thought sounded good, and that I was willing to submit for them to, to, to hear. So now, let me tell you, fast forward today, okay? I did that on the first try, waiting for the missus to come out the doctor's office. I'm sorry, was that today? Yesterday. 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 First try. And I kind of surprised myself when I finished hitting record. I was like, man, I hit that in the first try. Sound pretty good. So I'm not not patting myself on the back. I'm just saying for all you people that, you know, anybody that's doing something and, you know, you want to see instant results, nothing's instant. It's very, very small percentages of things that are instant. You got to work. You got to grind. You got to practice your craft. And we, we, we're still novices in this podcast game. We're still building. So, you know, just some encouraging words, man. Keep trucking. Whatever it is you do, whatever it is you want to do, keep pulling. I'm telling you, you're going to see, you're going to start seeing little breakthroughs, little breakthroughs, and just keep building on them. So, segment number two. Oh, boy. Let's break down uh, just this. This game last night, uh, 
it, it it wasn't very very good statistically. Um, Mitchell Trubisky, you said he looked like Joe Montana. I thought he looked more like Dan Marino. I mean, let's just say I guess we both agree that he looked really good. He looked sharp, and like I said in segment number one, he looked prepared for the Redskins defense. They looked like they knew that they can get short underneath stuff on the Redskins easy. Uh-huh. And and they just went in there and carved the Redskins up. And, and Trubisky, he didn't have like a 400-yard day. We're talking about 25 of 31, 231, 9.2 yards average, three touchdowns and an interception. And the interception, if he was a really good quarterback, wouldn't have been there because all he had to do is put a little bit of air under the ball so Josh Norman couldn't got it. So only his guy could could have made a play on that. So, but we're not talking about a good quarterback. We're talking about <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about uh, 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 the, a below. You talking about it's thirty two quarterbacks in lead. I put Trubisky in that that nineteen and below range. We're not talking about no top tier quarterback here. So, for him to come in here, Carson Wentz, I can understand. Dak Prescott, I can understand. But for Trubisky to come in here on the road and do what he did, I thought that was absolutely embarrassing. Yeah. And to and to what Jonathan Allen said, you know, he's frustrated and upset, uh, understandably so. And you, and you have to understand where your fans are because this has been brewing way before you got here. Okay, so frustration and being upset and, you know, saying that, you know, keep that same energy. I understand where he's coming from, but he has to understand where this fan base is with this organization. Okay, segment one, I gave you two 24, number 24 plays that not only show you the tone of the game, but the organization and the whole and why this is in a downward spiral. Um, it was one play last night. Now, Khalil Mack is a special <laughs> is a special player. He's a special player. Okay, he's one of the few upper echelon pass rushers. He's gonna go down in history. He probably already solidified a Hall of Fame career at this point. In five years. In five years, he's probably already solidified. Hall of Fame career, and so is Von Miller, you know, because they Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald. I'm going off of what they show me the consistency, uh, being able to to play, not not be hurt, you know. Uh, I think Mac had what two sacks last night. Yep, two sacks. It was a play, and if if you're going, if you're in practice and you're in a field room and you're you're building a play, a, a game plan for Khalil Mack. I watched Jeremy Sprinkle last night where he was on and, it, it, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not piling on Jeremy Sprinkle, but it was a play where Jeremy Sprinkle went to block Khalil Mack. He was on, he was on his side. And for whatever reason, he looked to the left and left, <laughs> he left 52. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't understand that. I'd rather anybody else. 52 is going to have a body on him all game, whether it's two, whether it's, it's you know, one, one immediately, one late. But this is what I talk about, about coaching, game planning. These are all categories Jay is lacking in. This is something that's not his strong suit. This is not Jay Gruden's strong suit. I don't know what Jay Gruden's strong suit is, to be honest with you. It used to be the passing game, but it's not even that anymore. Because, I mean, he he's had running backs. Uh, what was that? What year was he in? Uh, hold on. Let me, let, let me get this right. Let me get this right. While you're but, doing that, while you're doing that, look, look what you're looking at. It was a play, and I instantly thought of Jay Gruden when I saw the play. It was a play where Chicago was down in uh, on a, near the goal line. They went right, and Trubisky came back left. And it, and they lost 90% of the Redskins' defense. 
And I don't know, I forgot who he threw it to, but he he popped over to the left for a touchdown. And I said hey, to my man. Yeah, and I said to my it, and actually if Trubisky probably could have held it and ran in. Because whoever was on that left side had to pick Trubisky or the or the, the, the receiver or tight end he threw it to. I, I I can't remember who he threw it to. But it was one of them situations where like Monte Nicholson was in week one and week two. You got to pick your poison. Either way, it's going to be a touchdown. So I, I, I immediately thought of Jay Gruden because I'm like, why doesn't Jay do stuff like this? Why are there no misdirections? Why are there no, like I said Sunday, why are there no screen passes to Scurry Terry? Why is Scurry Terry not getting quick slants and let him work with the ball? Drags. Why is Scurry Terry... Only I I I've rarely seen I tried to pay attention last night. I rarely saw 17 lined up in the slot. Why is he not moving him around? I don't understand why Jay Gruden's play calling has got to where it's gotten to. I just I don't know if he's intimidated. I don't know if he's just waiting for the inevitable. <laughs> but I, I you know what? Now what I was what I was but I, this is what I was leading up to. Now, uh, 2011 was his first year in Cincinnati. And he had Cedric Benson as his running back. He ran Cedric Benson that year. <clears throat> I, I, I'm going to say that. He ran Cedric, Cedric Benson ran that year. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Jeez. 2012. You come in, you know, now mind you, this is all under Marvin Lewis. He had the, the law firm, Ben Jarvis Green Ellis. And you know he ran Ben Jarvis Green Ellis. I mean, he ran him like it was nothing. Because the guy comes in and he's pretty good. 2013, they were 11 and 5. He had uh, Giovanni Bernard and the law firm. And remember, and Rex Burkhead. Remember, he used to bounce them two back and forth, throw a little Rex Burkhead, and he was just like rolling with it like it was nothing. What happened to that? You found a way to get Tyler Eifert. Once you got him out of Notre Dame, you found a way to get him involved. And, you know, he, he got his name out there. I remember a game when Cincinnati came here. And Muhammad Sanu caught a lateral from Andy Dalton and threw a touchdown to A.J. Green that was like 80-some yards. Where's that creativity? Where's that J. Group? Or am I asking for too much? Did I lose you there, BJ? Nah, I'm still here, man. I'm just <laughs> I, I'm thinking. What what years was was Gruden um in Cincinnati? Uh twenty eleven to twenty fourteen, I believe. Yeah, so I'm a I'm a I'm a go ahead and say that's what I was thinking about. Yeah, well no, twenty eleven to twenty thirteen. Twenty fourteen he was here. And now mind you. This these are their records. Eleven and five in twenty thirteen. Uh what's that? Ten and six in twenty uh twelve. And his first year. Come on. Come on, give it to me. They were nine and seven. So they improved on their record every year that he was there. Ah, but here here's the thing. And this is why I'm gonna kind of discredit Jay Gruden there, because he's always had AJ Green. Okay, I'll give you that. So he's you, always had. You say that again. He's always had the red rifle, Andy Dalton. Yeah, but when you have AJ Green, prolific receiver, your offense opens up. You could do stuff. So AJ Green, Julio Jones, these type Megatron, they they'll make an offensive coordinator, an average offensive coordinator, look really good. Or not look really good, but look good. Because now the defense can't cheat up. 
Mm-hmm. Because you got AJ Green out there. You have to pay attention to AJ Green. So it's like now that you think about it, it's like, was it really Jay Gruden? Or was it <laughs> or was it because he had AJ Green? You know, and then you know, I, I don't know what year Muhammad Sanu came in, but then you have kind of like a one-two punch. Right. So when defenses, we've seen it plenty of times. We've seen it here when Zorn was the coach. When the defense doesn't respect what you're doing, you won't see it. You saw the other last Thursday night game, Tampa Bay, Carolina. They had seven, eight people on the line of scrimmage blitzing Cam Newton, daring him to throw that. And they, and they like, until you can prove to us that you can beat us, we're going to keep doing this. But when you have threats, just like Dallas right now, not only that you have to worry about Zeke, you got to worry about Amari Cooper now. Mm-hmm. Jason Witten back. Jason Witten ain't the fastest man in the world, but guess what? But he, he can get open in the zone. Yes, sir. He'll find a hole in the zone and sit down. And you you don't see eight, and I can't make out the other number. When he sits in the zone, you see eight, too. Yep. So, you know what? But I'm I'm looking at the staff that worked with Jay Gruden his last year in Cincinnati. Okay, Marvin Lewis was the head coach. You had Ken Zampezi, Ernie Zampezi's son, who Ernie Zampezi is a guy that I always thought should have had an uh, a head coaching job because he was wonderful at what he did. Um, you had Hugh Jackson, James Urban, Jonathan Hayes, Brandon Combs and Kyle Kasky. And that's just on the offense. So you you got these guys around you. And you say who would take the job. I hate to say it. I think they'll offer the job to Hugh Jackson. <laughs> but you, you, you want to know why I think that? They will offer the job to Hugh Jackson because they – remember – oh, my God, when was that? Was it 2002? Because he Hugh Jackson was here 2001, 2002. And I want to say it was it might have been 2001 before they brought Marty in. They uh they interviewed Hugh Jackson for the job, and they was like, "Yeah, we'll get back to you." And I think they interviewed Hugh again when uh right before Jim Zorn took over. No, I mean we. We know why they're interviewing Hugh Jackson. And we, we talked about this before. But this yeah. is before the Rooney rule. <sighs> this is before. Now, the second time, yeah. But this is before the Rooney rule because he was on the staff. They interviewed everybody on the staff. Now, Hugh Jackson as a head coach, I don't understand how he – I mean, he went through a lot with Cleveland. But <laughs> – I just I don't know. And he's available right now. He's available. Nah, I mean so. I don't I don't think this team is what is for you. I think this 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 team needs a vocal coach. Oh, and I take that back. Hugh Jackson was interviewed with the Redskins before they hired Spurrier. He was under Marty Schottenheimer. Okay. He was interviewed before they hired Spurrier. Okay. He was under Spurrier too. Hmm. Yeah, I'm, this 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 team needs—I don't want to say a disciplinarian, but they need somebody that's going to clean up the culture here. That's going to a clean Bill up Josh Norman celebrating for no reason down by three touchdowns. A Bill Parcells. They, yeah, I mean, but you know, we know Bill isn't coaching. They need some. No. They need somebody that can get the respect of the locker room, get this organization, well, not the organization, but the field, the coaching level and the field, because the upper organization, that's something completely different. But they have to have somebody in here that can be a leader of men and that can delegate responsibility, that can have coordinators that can can do their job without, you know, having to be babysit. So, you know, if that makes sense to you. It makes perfect sense. So you need somebody that's going to treat them like men, but also hold them accountable as men. Exactly. Exactly. Nobody's held accountable here. 
you know, like like Doc Walker says on 980, there's no repercussions for losing. You still get paid. You still get to do whatever you want to do. And, you know, I know that this NFL is different from NFL 20 years ago, but there has to be some punishment. Not punishment. I guess that's a harsh word. But no one fears losing here. No one feels failure. Uh-uh. No one, no, none of it, it's like the leaders on this team, and I'm t- kind of tired of this too, are, you know, you know, I, I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus or, you know, we just got to do better. It's time to call out names. Let me, let, let me ask you a question, and I'm going to make it personal. Over the last, I don't know, lifetime, how many times have you called me out on my BS? Oh, bro, too many times to, to name. Too many and that, <laughs> that's not saying that I got a lot of BS with me, but we were all young and dumb once. Yeah. And, you know, my thing was I, I kind of – I lived a, a pretty decent childhood. It, it, it wasn't, you know, silver spoonish, but once I got on my own, I bust the world wide open. You know, I wanted to go do my thing. Everything that I, I I never got a chance to do. But to have brothers that reeled you back in and called you out on your BS, that's what's needed. And, and if you're my team captain, I expect you to do that. Yeah, and we don't know if that is happening behind doors. But just from what we see, I don't think it is. No, I don't think so either. I, I really don't think it is. I think it's... It's just like I said, the the MH running the asylum, you know. Right Let now. Let me ask you this: mm-hmm. Do you think everything that DJ Swearinger said? Absolutely. Yeah, was true. You got finish it exactly. And everybody said DJ was a troublemaker. He just all this. I said DJ's telling you some good stuff. Guys complaining because you're not doing walkthroughs on Wayne's that you got to practice in pads. Man, I don't know. I enjoy practicing in pads. I, I hated that the NFL has kind of sort of dulled it down a little bit, but I enjoy practicing pads. That means I get to hit somebody. And the thing is, he played he played with other teams and other coaches and other organizations probably had way more structure, way more accountability. So, you know, mm-hmm. but he said something here and it was, you know, let's get rid of him. He's a troublemaker. And I, I think that was probably one of the worst moves instead of listening, you know, of course, you, you know, you don't want your, one of your players bashing the team and stuff in the media, you know, you could have talked to him, but at the same time, something's wrong. Obviously he was right. So let, let me tell you this. And this is just after last night's game, the Redskins are 20th in points. 21 points a game. Uh, and total yards, 22nd, 336.3. Rushing yards, they're 30th, 48 yards a game. Mm. That's anemic, abysmal. This is the NFC East. Now, everybody else geared up. You got Saquon. You got Zeke. Uh, now you got Jordan Howard to deal with. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the thing is, Philadelphia is known for running back by committee, but they got a guy that pretty much can be a game breaker. The Redskins have Adrian Peterson. Now, every running back that I just named, Adrian Peterson is a surefire Hall of Famer, but he's not getting used. But everybody has geared up to stop the other one, but the Redskins don't run the ball. This is smash mouth football in the NFC East. It's been like that since the 80s. I'm sorry, since the 60s and 70s has been like that. But it could it could work if yes. if your offense wasn't so predictable. Exactly. But the now off, offense is your offense is food with no seasoning. Yeah. It it, it just, it's there, and and the thing is, it's just you know you're not asking for nothing wild, nothing extravagant, but but the, the play calling, it's just it's just. Bland. It, it, it's not working. So, okay, answer me this real quick. Guess the rank of the passing offense. If I had to guess the rank of the passing offense, I would say ninth. 
Hey, win a win a chicken dinner. Somebody get this man uh, uh, the first prize because they are ninth. But you're calling for Case Keenum to be benched with the ninth. Are you rated sure they're ninth? Yes, they are ninth. They have a top ten passing offense. I don't know how much longer they're going to be able to say that, but they have a top ten passing offense. Hey, before top we ten. before we get out of here, Case Keenum, everybody's due to have a bad game. The offense has had – I mean, the defense has had three bad games. So, Case Keenum has one bad game, a couple of fumbles. I don't know what anybody expected against Khalil Mack in that, in that defense. If you if you weren't blocking them correctly, if you didn't get the ball out of there, I don't know what you expected. Now, some of that is on Case because he knows better. He knows who but he's wait, playing. But wait, wait, wait. Case Keenum is 86 of 124, 933 yards. 69.4 completion percentage, seven and a half yards per attempt, seven touchdowns, three INTs. Only, Guess what his QB rating is? One one fifteen. One hundred on the nose. One hundred. But you want to sit him down? The only the only the only stat that I would say that needs to be improved is the yards per. Yes. Yes. That, that, that's that's that that that's. That's the, that needs to be improved. Yards per needs to be improved. And like I say, that's, you know, case, you know, having time to find people. Last night, mm-hmm. you, you weren't going to have time. Last but night, see, that's when you should employ crossing patterns, short, three, five-step. Exactly. He did a, they did a couple of RPOs, but it wasn't anything where the Bears were biting on. It's like, we, we know you're not going to keep the ball. And that's what I'm saying. Sometimes – you got to tell Case, keep the ball. Make them respect the – they're not going to respect RPO if you if you, if they know you're not going to keep the ball. Exactly. So, KG. And it, <laughs> I, I'm, 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 I know we got to go, but I don't understand how people were like, well, put Dwayne Haskins in. Case is not playing bad. He's not, not playing not, bad. Not, not, you want to talk about bad? How about Adrian Peterson? 22 rushes for 62 yards. Steven Sims has a higher yards per carry average than Adrian Peterson. And Steven Sims has only carried the ball three times. 5.3 yards. AP yeah. is at 2.8. And we're going to leave off of AP. I don't know if you noticed last night, but AP was angry on the sideline. He wasn't in for one of the goal line stances. And I was wondering if anything was going to develop off of that like maybe him getting released. I think that would be probably one of the worst moves right now to Redskins. If he hasn't already lost the locker room, that would lose the locker room. Yeah, because everybody's behind him. Everybody's behind AP because you got a Hall of Famer. So, well, we're going to go ahead and get up out of here. Good news, Washington Mystics. Just well, not just, but they beat the Las Vegas Aces tonight, ninety-four to ninety. Return trip to the WNBA Finals. Game one is on the 29th, which is next Sunday. I'm hoping, like you know what, that I can have myself and my daughter in there so she can see the women play, and hopefully the missus can bring home a WNBA championship. Amen. Title that town. Would, that would be big for the city. Congratulations, ladies! Yeah, time to run it back. Time to go get them rings, that championship. Let them know you for real. That's right. Run it back. Bring that title home because you got to put it next to that Stanley Cup. Well, actually, we had to give it back. But, you know, you got to hang your banner up there, too. Not an attendance banner, a championship banner. That's where it's at. Yes, sir. So, hey, that's BJ. I'm KG. This has been Redskins Perspective. We the sideline junkies. Peace. We out of here. This has been another Sideline Junkies production, sponsored by Anchor FM. For any questions, comments, or even if you have a show idea, you can always email the fellas, sidelinejunkies247 at gmail.com. Junkies out.